0: Our scripture this morning comes from Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and Galatians 6, 4 to 5, and uh, the message today is called, To Live by Faith in the Present. Um, sometimes I struggle with titles, and, and uh, my wife Heather said, you get a title it doesn't really fit at all, and uh, sometimes you have to change things on the, on the fly. I had two days notice, but to live by faith in the present. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then Galatians 6, 4-5. Each one should test their own actions. Then they could take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Thus far the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever built forts growing up? As he lots he is. We grew up building forts, living on a dairy farm, having lots of land, lots of wood, lots of cedar rails. Often they started on the ground and then and then eventually it was a platform in the trees with uh, a big cedar rail ladder. I think Dad probably all, always wondered what happened to his cedar rails and he needed to fix the fence. That's why the cows were always out. Um, as we got older, we, we had a fire pit and uh, where we snuck, often snuck out gasoline to make the, the fire a little more exciting. Has any of you done that? I'm sure lots of you had. Come on, don't don't keep it in. You know, it's no wonder that we all survived, really. I have two older brothers and a twin brother. So at one time, each of us brothers and a couple cousins had had a fort in different trees, and we all wanted to outdo each other by having the best fort. There was even a president, probably a secretary, and I don't know if there was a janitor, but... And usually, you know, the president was the oldest brother, and he had the best fort because he had the best tree to build the fort in. And our young, then the younger ones, us younger ones, we had the leftovers, the smaller trees and the broken rails, and it was, oh. Uh. And, you know, there was even a time where we took seaweed out of the stream and we dried it. I, I can still picture that in my mind. I'm not quite sure what we intended to do with it, but we did. And as we got older, as we got older, my older brothers moved on. Uh, my twin brother and myself and another cousin, we, we built a bigger fort out in the, in the forest. And it started, started with one level, and then two levels, then a spiral staircase, and it had a roof on it. And we even dragged out carpet, this ugly red carpet. But to us, it was magical. It was magical. You know, the, the time spent dragging that material out was endless. Tony Rubers, as many of you know Tony, when he was uh, hunting deer with my dad's hunting group, would take a few naps back there, and he was pretty impressed. And so he unofficially called it the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal. Heather had to help me pronounce that. But looking back, the fun was not in building the fort we not living in the fort, it was actually building the fort, adding on to it. But years and decades later, the trees got rotten. They fell down. The cows came in and they made a mess of the Taj Mahal and it's, it's, it's nothing now. You see that everything new becomes old. The same patterns repeated itself with my own kids to a lesser degree. But the fun... The fun was always in building the fort, not living in it. So like building forts, or businesses, or houses, or, or painting a painting, or even raising a family, we, we first have a vision and a dream for what we want. As Christians, many of us are seeking God to help us fulfill that dream, to make that dream into a reality. And you know, it's natural to want a thriving business, a growing farm, to have good stocks or property investments that do well, and even today to maybe be a social media influence. And you know, and as a side note, as I was thinking about this, you know, we do need Christians that have good businesses because they often make the most faithful employer. And I'd rather work for a, a person who is faithful to his employees, who treats his employees right and gives back, than someone I, can, I cannot trust. And it's true that those who are often most successful in life are that way because of good Christian character, which often compels them to be consistent and responsible in their work and with their employees. You know, even pastors have dreams and feel that God is leading them to have a big influence. We hear of the mega church pastors of Bill Hybels and Andy Stanley and, and some of my favorites, Rick Warren and Timothy Keller and David Jeremiah. They started with a dream, but then coupled with the drivenness, became unstoppable and many communities and people have been impacted for Jesus. By these ministries, but it all started with a dream, a vision that God had placed in their hearts. But when it all starts to unravel, when the fun stops, when the original passion and purpose is lost, is when we start to compare ourselves with others. That's when we begin to feel deflated, threatened, or smug. So we often will work harder, always with a side-eye glance towards what the other person is doing. The result is that we lose our joy and we stray from what God had orig- originally put in our heart. You see, the fun, the fun was in building and being focused, not having a care in the world when anybody else thought. And now for our passage in Galatians Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves so you won't be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will will fulfill the law of Christ. Now for our text. If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. But each one should test their own actions. Then they could take pride Or have reason for boasting in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. I'm just thinking, what was the passage we had when we started? I might have read a different passage. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. The fruits of the Spirit, Spirit. and then the second passage was Galatians um, 6. I think it was 4 to to 5. So, okay. Just, ch- just check it on that. Just be aware. If you feel superior to another person, if you think you're something special, well, you're not, and we're only deceiving ourselves. And often, I find that this feeling superior really comes from comparing ourselves with other people, as we talked about last week. It really does tie a yoke on us. It causes us to lose our vision, our purpose for humanity. To miss that person that purpose of Jesus who imparts within us the law of love, which is the fruits of the Spirit. And the result is that the fort of our soul becomes a replica of everyone else's because we're always comparing, we're always living out of a habit of fear, worry and a judgmental attitude. You see, nothing original, nothing of much value will come of it. And often, a hallmark trait of a person who's really so consumed with comparing is that they isolate themselves. They isolate themselves from the community of God. And they can't listen to anyone else. They're closed off. And really comparing, comparing really has its roots in the 10th commandment. Thou shall not covet. Thou shall not want what another person has. And as Christians, that's why we continue to learn, come to church, fellowship, worship, read the Bible. get Get right with others when we offend them. And do the right thing whether we feel... Like it or not. Jesus didn't want to feel the pain and shame of the cross, but he kept the original purpose for why he came. Who, for the joy set before us, endured the cross, despising the shame, is now seated with God the Father in heaven. Back to the fort. Life was fun and innocent back then because we took pride in what we were building. We had no time to compare with other people. So dreams for growth and following your God-given passions, you know, they're not sinful. God has called each and every one of us to different levels of work, different talents. But it's in the comparing, that's when it becomes crippling. So I'm going to say, the desire to compare is always there. It's always there. It's still in me. I have to watch it each and every day. It's part of the sin human nature, whether you're rich or poor, popular or not, regardless of your personality. It was evident in the Bible, and it continues today. And as I was looking back, I thought of the story of Jacob. And his two wives. And and Genesis 29, 17 says that Leah had weak eyes and and Rachel had a lovely figure and she was beautiful. 1 Samuel 16, 12, when God called Samuel to anoint David as king. And it said, so he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. You can get passage after passage, I find, in the Old Testament that does the same. But the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ and why he came is all about repairing, making new, and redeeming what God had designed our bodies and our souls to run on, which is himself, which is himself. The resources that he gives are way better than anything we can get here on earth. Think of the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12, 16 to 21. We don't have time to unpack it, but Jesus tells of a man who decided to build bigger barns because he had so much. So he built bigger barns to store his plenty. And the man said to himself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy. Enjoy life. Drink and Be merry. I'm sure a lot of people looked at that farmer and compared themselves and said, man, boy, I wished I had what he had. He's got it made. But Jesus said that God demanded his life from him that very moment. Because even though he had lots to give, he wasn't rich toward God and other people. He trusted in his own stuff and his own comfort. And he forgot what it means to be human. So don't wish to be prettier, smarter, to have a bigger business, to be more successful, to have more money just because you can't stand what others have and you don't. So if we do it for the wrong reasons, it's not going to work. The goalpost always moves. It's an illusion. You'll never attain it. John D. Rockefeller, the founder of the Standard Oil Company, the first billionaire in the United States and at one time the richest person on the planet, was asked by a reporter, John, how much money is enough? And he calmly replied, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is so important. Understood properly, it gives true contentment. And allow, it allows us to take pride in our own work, in what God has given us to do, instead of thinking, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. So, what's God's dream for you? What's His vision for you? I'm not sure, but I do know that it's in the process. It's in the building of our forts, in the building of our lives, day to day, that we depend on him. To see him walking in the waves, in the midst of the storm, with no success, no goal on the horizon, but just the absolute confidence that everything is going to be okay. Why? Because he's holding our hand through the chaos of life. And even where we get to the point where Job was at. Job is a book in the Old Testament. He went through a lot. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That is the purpose of God. This is what glorifies his life in us. So, so to say that tomorrow I'll, I'll put off that sinful habit that yoke, that worry, that grudge, that phone call, that, that service, that thing that I, that I know God wants me to do. I'll be obedient tomorrow. I need to make my money now. I need, to, I need to get ahead. You don't know if you'll be alive tomorrow. You don't know when you'll pass. The insignificant things that no one else can see, though, God sees. So building the fort of our soul today is what matters the most. And it can't be learned in a textbook, a seminar, a sermon, or a podcast. It's learned by living life, and by living life in the present moment, by faith. And when we compare ourselves to others, we, pay, we can't pay attention to the present. It's impossible to carry each other's burdens when we're comparing our lot to someone else's. But when we live our lives loving and depending on Him, we can focus on the here and now. We could be content in our own work and be led by His Holy Spirit. This is what it means to live by faith in the present moment. We'll call the worship team forward. And I just want to give a couple application points. Every day, find three things that you're grateful for and tell your spouse, tell a friend, or write them in a journal. Two, don't think about what you don't have. Be grateful for what you do have. Three, fast from social media. There's always a bigger and a deeper story behind those pictures that people post Create your own story so you can share it with other people. Fourth, find out how God has wired you. What gifts and desires he has given you. Then be led by his spirit. I know that uh, a book that really impacted me, because I struggled with understanding people and their personalities, is Personality Plus by Florence. I won't try to say her last name. It was just instrumental because it taught me that God has created people differently. And it helped me to understand the people that I loved. It helped me to understand them better. Five. Just like building a fort, enjoy the process. Live in the moment. And these will act as a guardrail for your soul. So you don't end up falling off of that metaphorical tree when we're comparing or side-eyeing up our fort with that of another. Amen. Amen. Let us stand.